Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we bless you. We give you praise. We thank you for today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for another opportunity to be at your presence this afternoon. We thank you for this very special event. We thank you for every one of us that is present. We see your name daily exalted in Jesus' name. Lord, we commit this program to your hands. Holy Spirit, we invite you. We ask that you take absolute charge over everything we do this afternoon in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone that ought to be here but is not here, Lord, we ask that you bring them in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the answered prayers. In Jesus' most powerful name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Yeah, all welcome, 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 welcome. I think all my guests are here. It's only Damaris that is not here because we're jumping right in. Damaris is not here yet. The Abraham family is here. The Obisay's family is here. Gabriel is here. Damaris is not here. So while we wait for, just wait briefly for Damaris. Let me try and contact her. So while we wait for her to join, I'd just like to welcome every one of us again. You're all welcome to this event. You're welcome, Gladys. Omokaro, Abel, Jonathan, Emmanuel, Chema, Chisum, Romeo, Gabriel, you are all welcome to this event. This event is put together by Fomer Praise. Fomer Praise is an evangelical ministry that started in 2020 with the objective of helping Christians to have a regular devotion with God. So we create a defined content such as devotionals, articles, and the likes. We also have books. Oh, Praise God, Damaris is here. You're welcome, Damaris. I was just talking about you. So you're welcome. So since Damaris is here, I think we'll just jump right in. Let me quickly introduce all our guests. So this talk show was um, created in the year 2021. We had our first edition. And the aim is to spread awareness on what love truly is and correct wrong expectations or perspectives people have about love. So the first edition was held in 2021, and it featured four outstanding young adults. Interestingly, three of those guests got married last year. So in this year's edition, we would be interacting with four different categories of adults, namely the unmarried male and female, newlywed couples, and older married couples. Without further ado, I've been introducing each of the guests in no particular order. We have Damaris Akibe. She is unmarried. She's an optometrist by profession, a spoken word artist, professional writer, and the United Nations ambassador. We met during my undergraduate days at the University of Benin. She's an eloquent and inspiring young lady, and I can't wait to hear of you on love. Damaris, can you just unmute and say hi? Okay. Hi, sorry, can you hear me? Yes, I can. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay. Thanks for joining us. Okay, the next is Gabriel Aze. So Gabriel Aze, he is unmarried. He's a legal practitioner who specializes in intellectual intellectual. Can you please um, mute the marriage? Can you please mute your mic? Mm -hmm. 
Yes, thanks. So I was introducing Gabriel Eze. He is unmarried. He's a legal practitioner who, who specializes in intellectual property law, fintech law, and business law. He's a writer and a servant of God. We met at law school in 2019, and we have been friends ever since. Barrister Gabriel, you're welcome. Can you say a word to us? Can you unmute and say something? Thank you very much, Paul. It's nice to be here. Thank you, everyone. I think, please, I don't know, the audio, I don't know. Can you, can you please repeat? I think you're clearly. Can you unmute? And you sound far. I don't know. Can everyone hear him? Yes, I can actually. Okay, okay, it's fine. If you can, then it's fine. It's fine. All right, so I'll just move on to the Abrahams, Mr. and Mrs. Abraham. Actually, they are my parents. Oh, yes. So they are my parents. My dad is a businessman, while my mom is an educator and a seamstress. So they've been married for about 30 years and are blessed with six children of which I am the third. Yes, and I look forward to hearing their point of view on the subject of love. Can you please unmute and say hello, mom and dad? Hello. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. Barrister Gabriel, can you please mute your mic? Gabriel, can you please mute your mic? Thank you. Okay, moving on, I'd like to introduce the obesities. These are my good friends. I met them in 2020 during my service here in Abuja. My, and Mr. Obise is among other things. Okay, I'm being distracted. Okay, thanks for muting the mic. So I was introducing the obesities. I said they are my good friends. I met them in 2020 during my service in Abuja. So Mr. Obise is a lot of things. So I'll just summarize it by saying he's a serial entrepreneur and a diplomat. While Mrs. Obise is a medical doctor, she's a writer, a blogger, a violinist, and a cook. I just have to add the part that she's a cook to tell you that I know her very well, and I know that she loves to cook. So they are a newlywed couple with over six months' experience. They got married in June, June 2022. So they got married last year. So Mr. and Mrs. Obise are both welcome to the show. Can you please unmute and say a word to us? Video. Hello. Um, Hello, everyone. Yeah. Hi, so. from me. <laughs> hi, hi. All right. So it's a pleasure to be with you guys. Um, so yeah, looking forward to sharing with you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for being here. So finally, I would like to introduce the moderator for today. She is married. She's a legal practitioner, just like myself, and she is a businesswoman. She's bold and beautiful, articulate and excellent, vibrant and wonderful. She's full of vibes. She's a sister and a friend. I'm talking of none other than Mrs. Chisum Oji. I'll be handing over to her right now to kickstart the interactive session, and I'll be back, or my general secretary will be back to give the vote of thanks. Relax and enjoy. Chisum, you have the floor now. Okay, 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 okay. Good. Good. 
Good afternoon, good evening, good morning from wherever you're um, viewing from. How are we all doing? I hope it's a pleasant day for us all today. I'm enjoying my Sunday afternoon and I hope you are doing the same as well. Thank you so much for me. The English I had about myself today, my head is swelling. <laughs> Thank you so much and I'm honored. I really am honored to be moderating this session today. So. Um, this is officially welcoming us all again to um, this thing called love. I'm expectant and um, I really am excited as well. I have my pen here. I have my jotter here as well to tell you I'm ready <laughs> to learn, unlearn and relearn this afternoon. Okay, um, without wasting much time and because of, um, um, I think they have, another engagement immediately after this. So I think we'll be start, starting with the pieces to, um, right now so that they can attend to their questions and, um, and we'll um, handle the rest with um, Gabriel and the Abrahams and Damaris. Okay, to so the young couple in the house. <laughs> okay, my first, first, the first question for us here is, um, how would I put this? Okay, let me let me not paint it. Let me just go straight to the point and not I'm not bit about the bush. As a young couple, and I would appreciate it if we if well, while answering your question, you can um use your video. You get you can turn your video on, yes. So your camera on, sorry. As a young couple in a young marriage relationship. How do you manage unmet expectations in your relationship with your spouse? I'm married and I know sometimes there are some expectations you have at the back of your mind while entering the marriage institution that look as if they are not met when you want them to be met. So how do you, how do you handle it? How do you manage unmet expectations in your marital relationship? Okay, um, hello. Can you see my video? I just turned my video on, or our video on. Can you see that? No, no, sir. Okay, um, okay. I see the reason why. I think that should begin to show. Okay. Oh, wonderful background. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Right, I need to take out that background. Not sure that should be for some service. Um, okay, well, no time, right? But I'll try to see if I can take that out. Um, okay, so how do we deal, you know, with unmet expectations? Now, um, well, I would say this. Um, I think maturity, number one. Um, coming into marriage for me, yeah, there were expectations. Okay, you expect that your wife is going to do this, is going to do that. Um, but how I handle it particularly is not having rigid boundaries as to what she I want her to do and what you know um, my expectations are you know allowing room for growth right allowing room for compromise I would say um, and allowing love to lead sincerely right because if, if I have rigid expectations that means any little thing you go you flare up or something like you haven't done this no um, love should always override. So for me, how I handle this or how I handle it, as much as possible, I actually have little expectations. That's the truth. So that way, we grow through the process. 
you know. So um, I think for me, that, that's what I would sincerely say. So I'll just pass it over to her to add to that. Mm -hmm. So um, I think also in addition to that, well, personally, I try to be well, that's very realistic as far as my expectations. Um, before marriage, I used to tell myself, you know, no one is perfect. I'm not perfect. So I can't expect a perfect human being. So, and I used to say the same kind of relationship I have with my girlfriend. We have moments where maybe one person steps on the other person's toes. But then it's the maturity and the communication and handling and sorting it out that matters afterwards. So I also applied that um, with respect to my marriage. And then also the communication part. Yes, as much as you're trying to be realistic, there are certain things that you would feel like, hmm, I would like for this to be, um, how do I put it? I would like for you to um, bend in this aspect. I would like for you to do this. I'd like for you to do that. Communication, you know, you don't just keep silent about it. As much as you're compromising, also voice it out. So that balance between the two is necessary. Okay, thank you. Uh, <clears throat> please, I, I would like to ask this very um, question. Should you um, communicate your expectations to your spouse, or should you just hold it in and then wait for them to do it or not to do it? Um, well, they say what a closed mouth don't get fed. There's no way the other person can know what's in your mind. You're two people from different backgrounds, different whatnot, coming together. So communication is the only way that that gap can be breached. So of course, um, as much as there will be that room for, um, you know, allowing the person to grow, you also mm -hmm. have to say, hey, you know, this and this is what I would love for you to do. This is how I would love for you to treat me. This is how, this is my love language. You mm -hmm. know, all of that with love. So it's definitely important that you mm -hmm. let the other person know what exactly your expectations are. Wow, thank you so much. Thank you. I, mm -hmm. I really love that answer. You're straight mm -hmm. to the point. And I appreciate the both of you for maximizing my time. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So the second question says, what are the wrong perceptions young people have about love, which they go into relationships and marriage with? What do you think are the wrong perceptions young people have about the love topic and then they step into relationship and marriage with things? Okay, um, yeah, so wrong perceptions. I think there are a lot of them. Um, one, <clears throat> I think the first one I want to mention would be expecting the perfect human being, right? Going into marriage mm -hmm. or going into relationship, expecting perfect human being. And there's no doubt, you know, at the time of, you know, maybe meeting this nice person, all the butterflies, you know, you, you just see all these smiles and smiles. We can't hear you, sir. Your mind just muted. Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, so not factoring in the fact that, hey, this is a human being, okay? Um, it may happen that at some point, maybe something would happen, I would not be pleased. How would I handle that? Um, I, I love to think of it this way. Um, having, you know, thinking of the worst case scenario. What is the worst case scenario? If she should do this, right, not all the smile and all the happiness and everything is so nice. So if she should do something that I feel would displease me, how am I going to handle it, right? So I think a lot of people go into relationships not thinking of the worst case scenario. And then when they see that, oh, she does something or he does something, and then all of a sudden, you know, oh, I, I never believed you could do this. I did not, you know, foresee this. For God, I'm going to say, you shall, you shall, how do you see that? You should have seen that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you should have expected something like that, right? So, but I think wrong expectations, you know, just thinking that, the, you know, your spouse or your partner is going to be a perfect human being. Um, I think that is one of the major, major problems. In fact, if you look at marriages where people have divorce or you have separation and all of that, it's simply because, oh, he did something I never believed he could do. Or she did something I never believed she could do. You have to understand that this is serious business. It's not, you know, I love you, you look beautiful, you look handsome, everything is good. No. Think about the worst case scenario. Are you ready to weather through the storms with this person you're going into a relationship with? And if you think about it that way, then I think, sincerely, people will have, or young people, will have little problems, you know, going into relationships. So, yeah. Okay. Um, Mr. Sobiski, do you have anything to add to that? Hmm. Um, well, I think what I could add to that is um, unrealistic expectations as far as not expecting the, would I say, down moment. I love how um, vulnerable or open, transparent Michelle Obama was recently in a video she made. She was saying that there are certain times that, you know, she would have to give, what, 60% and then her husband 40 or him uh, 70% and her 30 but there's, you know, compromise as is needed at certain times. So people don't factor that in. They, um, they sometimes think it's always lovey-dovey. It's always 50-50. No, it's not. Or it's uh, what? You, you, you share everything equally. No. There are certain times that you may... Situations will necessitate that you make certain compromises. So I think we should also factor that in when we um, go into relationships, especially marriage. And then um, also expect that it's not every day you would have that lovey-dovey emotion. So when you're at that phase, you won't think maybe um, this is the end of it. No. As long as you stay in there and walk at it, it will definitely come back. So I think... That's pretty much what I can say. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I would add to that that um, sometimes um, spouses get it wrong when it comes to communicating their mindsets, their intentions, and all that. If you have something bothering you, mm -hmm. talk about it. Open your mouth and express yourself. Don't assume that your spouse should know that things are like this, or um, I should get this or not get that. 
So that is another thing people that are single, I communicate a lot with my fellow young married sisters and that is one thing that keeps coming back. He should know he should do this for me. He know he should know, he should, he should. Most times they, they are, men don't think like women and women don't think like men. So that consciousness to always try to tell your spouse what it is and how it is with you so that they will help and um, do the right thing at the right time. So thank you so much. And then you have a bonus question. Thank you. <laughs> you have a bonus question here. And that'll be the last from me. And it's, um, as a Christian couple, do you do public display of affection? And if yes, how do you go about it? <laughs> yeah, all smiles right now. <laughs> As a Christian couple, do you do public display of affection? And if yes, how do you go about it in a way that pleases the Lord? <laughs> is, it, is it a way that applies to us personally or we should answer in general? Um, I would appreciate both perspectives. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so... Well, public display of affection. Um, well, I think we do, but even in public, it's in private. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, for example, um, we could find ourselves in maybe like in church or something, but if I'm going to show the kind of affection I want to show, I may not be where you have people, right? Um, it may be maybe in the car or something. Um, because, well, now, if 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 the situation should allow for it, I think I don't have a problem doing it. But our marriage, I don't think I've had a reason where we're in a public gathering and I had to. Um, I don't really see any problem with that, um, personally. Um, I think it just takes wisdom anyway sometimes to, to express. It's, it's, it's always about wisdom because um, you can be joyful, but joyful expressing your joy in the wrong place, right? And then that could maybe, you know, um, could maybe, you know, turn into different things or could create, you know, an atmosphere system that may not be appropriate. Let me put it that way. So you're doing the right thing, but maybe not in an appropriate manner in, it, in, an, in the right place, right? Mm -hmm. um, okay. so yeah, sure emotions, but I think so far it has always been in the public, but in private still. <laughs> sure. I think for us, it's like you said. Um, but then speaking in general, I think different people, different things apply to different people. And different people have their what, their own mindset to go about. But I think the bottom line is um, going back to what he said about um, being matured about it. It's also um, factoring in respect for the other person too when you go about it. So I think whatever the form of this love affection is, these things have to be thought about. And if I can just add to that, yeah, if I can just add to that, maybe this flow of emotion, I think sometimes probably needs to also be explicitly, you know, categorized. For example, I can display affection to her. For example, if I'm leading and she happens to be part of the congregation, I can display affection to her, right, in a way, right, um, that is acceptable, you know, to everybody there. And they know that, hey, I love her, you know, I cherish her. I'm not like, I don't like go on, for example, to probably just do something without recognizing her presence, recognizing, expressing my love for her, 
that's me expressing, you know, affection to her. So um, I think that that's one that, you know, since we got married, um, I've found, you know, okay, I've been found occasions have warranted that I do that. Um, so, but any other thing, maybe like kissing in public, I don't think so. <laughs> no. So, yeah. Uh, I'm probably them. So, we're both on the same page about that. So you don't hold hands in public, you don't hold no, hands. Okay, but for instance, kissing in maybe a very public place, for us, we would prefer to reserve it for more private settings. Okay, so what do you think are the boundaries for display of affection, public display of affection for Christian couples? Yes. I think at least one, the other person should be comfortable with it. If not, it will be awkward. I think um, also, what? Respect. Because, for instance, one person um, was the big deal there. Um, and then the act, it may not be kissing, maybe something more daring, which the other person may not be comfortable with. And especially in a gathering, um, a particular gathering, it may come across as quite disrespectful. So I think we also have to factor in um, the respect aspect of it. I no. think that's the aspect. Then if I can just add to that, since we're talking about Christian couples, um, yeah. they express affection in a way that it pleases Christ, right? Um, so there are some things that it, for as long as it's not something that displeases, you know, your your profession as a Christian. Um, other people see and they know there's a married couple and it's not something that is too overtly out there explicit, you know. If it's please if it's going to glorify Christ, going to bring honor to the name of Christ, then I think it's perfectly okay as Christian. So that lens basically of looking at it from the perspective of you being an ambassador of Christ. There are some things that are good, but because yeah. you're an ambassador of the kingdom, you don't have to, you shouldn't, you know, do it in public. So I think that would help, yeah. All right. I like that to be an ambassador of Christ. <laughs> Your display of affection. <laughs> but is, I'm not joking. It was a topic amongst women in church one certain time, and women were angry. My husband is still rigid in public. He does not hold hands and all. So we were like telling the pastor to help us and talk to the men. Not to be so rigid, but to at least make us understand, not just in private only, but also in public that you love us and all. So I, I, I love the balance you created. I love the balance you created. So thank you so much. And um, I would entertain um, just one question from the audience, if there would be any before you. Um, I move to the next person so that you can comfortably exit when um, it's time. So, um, to the audience, is there anyone here that has a question for them? I'll just entertain one person before we go to the other speakers. So, if you have a question, just unmute your mic and then ask your question. Anybody? Okay, I have a question. Okay, ma'am. Okay. I'd like to know how you met. How did you know she was the one? And how are you convinced that she's the one? <laughs> okay. 
That's right. That's right. Okay. So, well, this is ladies first, right? So, let me allow her to. We are meant to be one Okay. Let me. Uh-huh. Let me summarize it. We met. Hmm. I usually say, um, we should. We are grateful to my sister-in-law, his sister. Um, for making us meet because it was in the course of me, um, she had recently come to um, Abuja at the time. So I was appointed by the leader, campus at the time, to just visit her as tradition demands for first time, visit her, know where she stays with other brethren. So it was in doing that that I saw him because she was with him. So that was the first time we officially met. Um, we had attended the same church for how long, but never crossed paths. So I do find that interesting. So as far as how we met, that was it. Um, the follow-up question as far as how did we know that, um, how did I know that he was the one for me? I love that we were um, friends first. And when I say friends, I mean, you know, friends with uh, what, would I say boundaries or whatnot. I got to see him in his natural element, you know, no feelings involved. I saw his relationship with his sister. I saw his commitment in church, basically in his natural element. So he's not trying to please me at this point. I know, you know, what I can expect on a day-to-day basis. So I love that I got to see that. So by the time um, I relationship first came up, proposal came up. I was like, okay, by the grace of God, um, I know this about him. Now, God, what are you saying? So um, it was after prayer I confirmed, or it was confirmed to me um, that he is the one for me. So first of all, I'm just trying to be transparent here. Um, first of all, I liked him as a person. First of all, we're good friends. So there was that amazing foundation. So to today, we still have that friendship, you know, which is the most important foundation in marriage. So that was it. And then feeling was God's confirmation for me. So that's my story in summarized bit. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. So, well... So just like she said, um, it, was, it was a series of events. Um, so for me, I've always had this single prayer. And the single prayer was this. And I think to every young person here on, the, you know, on this call, this is super, super important. If there is one prayer I would like you to always pray, this is it. The prayer I always prayed was this. Father, if I ever take any step outside of your will, frustrate it. And I meant and what I meant was, even if I took a step, especially when, when it's something as consequential as marriage, going to marry someone, love is blind. That's the truth. When you're in love, you're blind to so many things. That's why many people get into marriage and they begin to say, oh, I did not see this, I did not see that. But for me, that was my prayer. And, you know, I had, well, it's a good place to share news because we have a lot of young people here. I was at the verge of getting married to someone else. Um, and you know, basically, it was more like God just sort of, just sort of brought unrest, like complete unrest, you know, to sort of frustrate that. 
Um, and then I was even at the point I said, Father, I just want to even stay. I don't want to even get married. Even though I'm going to stay for years, I just we just me and myself. I just want to have peace. That was just it, you know. But then God now brought peace into my life. You know, it was church, church fellowship. She was, you know, with the campus. I was with the, you know, youth and adults. And then somehow, you know, fellowship and, you know, we sort of um, became friends through a fellowship called the YTF Young Professionals Forum. You know, she would always be the one to follow up and say there's a meeting and blah, 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 blah. Well, I was just no string attached. But in the process of time, God said, stop <coughs> looking at men like children. Stop looking at the person I brought before you, my brother. <laughs> you know, anyway, sincerely, that was it, right? And God led me to her. Um, it was, it was, and I took the step, courage with me, you know, and I proposed to her. I tell her, I plan on what to say when I went to propose, but God knows all that <laughs> I I, I I couldn't remember what I planned to say. Oh, glory Jesus! what I said when I proposed. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> so, and at the end of the day, anyways, um, she said yes, and that was it. You know, and we're here. That's the story in summary. Wow! I, I feel like falling in love again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that with us. It was um, an honor having you, and um, God bless you for attending to our question. And we still hope you'll be around till it's um, exit time for you both. So God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, so. All right. Damaris, the next question is for you. You can unmute your mic and on your camera. Okay. Thank you. Hi. How are you? Nice to meet you. <laughs> okay. You are on our hospice right now. <laughs> Don't mind me. So the first question for you says, in what circumstances would a woman who loves a man in what circumstances would a woman it's real echoing. Whose mic is on? Okay. In what circumstances would a Sorry, woman... Can you hear me? Yeah, it's better now. All right. In what circumstances would a woman who loves a man from You love a brother, you love a particular guy, but when he proposes to you, you say no. What circumstances, what scenarios would make that happen? Okay. Um, well, thank you. Um, I'll just first of all say that um, I really learned a lot from the first session from the UBCs, and I'm really grateful um, for the insight that they gave us. Part of what they discussed is also very relevant to what um, the question you asked me today. Um, I think, can I use my personal experience? I think that yeah. might help. Right? So, um, not so long ago, let's say like a year ago, there was somebody that um, I really liked and really liked me. And, um, you know, he was going on and 
you know, as just as I said, there is that euphoria that comes with love where you are not thinking so straight. <laughs> so you kind of let things uh, slide. I don't really see things in perspective. Then there was a time we were just talking because he has never really talked about his job before. You know, he does mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm, I'm just, I do things. So I just, I, I was just like, okay, maybe he's just like a serial entrepreneur or something. So at the time we were talking and then he was asking about work and I was like, oh, yeah, I work for time. I came back from the hospital. I did this, I did that. And I was like, how was, how are you? And I was like, oh man, he's so tired. He has been playing football all day. <laughs> this was on. A, a regular day, like a Monday. I was like, okay, um, maybe football after your work. He was like, no, um, no, just playing football. I said, wait, so do you work? Do you have a job or something? He said, ah, no, I don't know. He <laughs> just, have a job. Um, and I said, okay, well, uh, you have a business or like something you're trying to. He said, no, that's um. Actually, he's just waiting to serve. Like once he serves, everything will be, will be, will be perfect and all of that. Then and and I was for that. I was like, um, well, you say you stay here. Well, he said, yeah, he stayed with his parents, and he was at that time 29 years old. And he just hit me like all these things. I didn't even bother to like. I was just caught in the whole euphoria of it until eventually I saw that some basic things were not just there. Even though it's not just to the point of saying now, but at that point I, I just knew that no matter how much I like this person, and the person likes me, and my head is somebody like that that doesn't seem to have that um, drive ambition, I would be the one to come out So back to your question, yes, there are many things that can make somebody, for me particularly, um, say that love is not enough. A genuine follower of Jesus and must love God. That's one. That's the second thing that they must have. Like, not a phony kind of Christian, but somebody that really genuinely loves God and wants to follow him and has the fruit of the Spirit. Um, it's not about perfectionism or looking for somebody that is perfect, just as they said, but somebody that is, you can see that they, they, they are trying their best. I think that is even more important than even love sometimes. If you see somebody that loves God, the person who love you, will love you in your weakest, in your best, in your, it's just a best combination, right? Then the, the next thing that I really value is a sense of responsibility. So in my mind, I see it like a three three legged stool, like a three like a like a stool where like that has three legs. Where one pillar of it is love, another one is um, having that following Christ, and then the third, very important sense of responsibility. Like I must see like now you can you have that sense of responsibility. You you are taking care of things. You can take care of me, not really materially or financially or so. But I can see that um, you are hardworking and diligent in what you're doing. And then you also have that projection of responsibility for the future, do you understand? Because now there are a lot of guys that are very, very funny. They come up with very strange theories of, um, especially when they see somebody that is, like if you're a lady and you're hardworking on your own, 
they just kind of, some of them, if you are not careful, they just kind of lean back and just be like, well, to see somebody that I believe strongly in the Bible and the family dynamics that have been given in scripture, the fact that the man is the head, the leader, and the provider, even though you would always support as a woman, but I should see also that sense of responsibility um, in the person. So if I don't see those two things, apart from now, I don't, I don't use love again for me. My eyes are wide open. <laughs> so if I, if I don't see that responsibility, I don't see that love for God, man, I walk, take a walk. So. Oh, wow. Thank you for... For that, seriously, thank you, thank you, thank you. What about compatibility between the both of you? You okay. love him, but you guys are just not compatible. Um, can I ask in what sense? Is it in sense of like an attraction or in terms of maybe like social construct, maybe like church, denomination, things like that? In terms of the word. It depends on who you want to speak with. Okay. Well, I believe that if it's in, in things that are not um, so not so essential, I can definitely make some exceptions. Right? Like everything doesn't have the same value in my in like the mental checklist I have. So you might be thinking in your head, okay, I want it all. You're breaking now, and your camera is off. But then, um, the person that got this to you checks the essentialness of loving God and caring for you and genuinely being the person that takes responsibility and things like that. I think physical at physical attraction. No, sorry. Okay, it's on here. Can you see the news? Hello? Hello? Can you can you hear me? On. It's off and on. It comes on and goes off. But you can continue. You can continue, man. Is Amara still here? Okay. That's enough. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, man. Here you go. Hi, Susan. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's better my camera off. My, my network is not that strong, I think. No problem, no problem. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I was saying there are some things that I've I've just ranked as being a bit like um okay. Like physical attraction, like physical attributes that, you know, might be unrealistic. Those are things that you can actually let go of. But in terms of more serious things, like um even as believers, there are some Christians that don't believe the same thing that you believe. They don't have the same doctrinal um ideology as you do. And if you go ahead with it, it would definitely cause some friction, in my opinion, for people that don't have the same life values. Um, yeah. In that, if there's no compatibility in those like essential things, I can't mortgage that. Yeah. yeah. So, but if it's more flimsy things like, oh, he's he's not from Nigeria, or oh, he's um maybe he's not from my place. To me, I think those things are flimsy, and they can be ignored in 
Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I think I would like to pick randomly at this point so that the questions would go around. So um, the next question is for Mr. Gabriel. You can mute your mic and turn on your camera. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Nice to see your face again, sir. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> You look different. Yeah, I look different like a sound ball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your question, your first question says, times have changed and so have people and their perceptions about relationships and how it works. So what principles do you think have worked for beautiful relationships, uh, for successful relationships in the time past that are still effective for the present day. You're sounding like far away. I don't know what else to do. Is your volume quiet? Can you increase your volume? I don't know. Okay, it's kind of better. Okay. So thank you very much um, for having me. Thank you, everyone. Uh, I've also learned from all the um, effective contributions that have been made so far. Uh, you talked about time changing, and um, you're asking me. Um, you are telling me to talk about principles that are more successful relationships. First, I, I like, the, I like the, the theme of this program, or the program itself, this thing called love. So I, I want to be sure that this thing that I'm having is really that of love, right? And not infatuation, and not because, not, um, I'm not being led by dopamine, I mean, the good feelings and all of that. Um, it's not important that we give certain the background to be. This is a lot about relationship in this context, right? So the question is, why do we even look into relationships? Oh, we can't see it today. I don't know whether it's going to be right now. I don't know whether it's going to be. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you do without the earphones? Yeah, yeah, sure. Am I able to now? Better. Okay, thank you very much. So, so the thing is, um, so it should be said to that, so why, why are we going to relationships in the first place? So it means that if marriage is not my next reality, I, within the context of which we are discussing this, if marriage is not my next reality, then I should not, I should not be in any, I should not find myself in a relationship, I mean, a romantic kind of relationship. Uh, and this is very important. This is very important because being in a relationship is not the end. It's actually a means to an end, right? And that end is invariably towards marriage. Secondly, it is important to create certain context, a background, because 
I understand that for every marriage or relationship that is getting to marriage, there's only the dimension that is known and there's the dimension that, that, that is not known. The dimension that is known, the knowing is we essentially need wisdom, right? The ones that we don't know, we essentially need virtue. Now, what am I saying? If I am going into a relationship because I really want to get to know this person, then one of the first principles I should be looking at or I should have at, in the, at, the, at the front, in the front corner is the principle of friendship. Um, you know, these days I've talked about the general also being said or I like it on that. Now, what friendship? So that we are sure we understand this in conference. For me, friendship is two people working side by side. Two people working side by side towards a common goal. Now, you find that, that the attraction is not on the individual. Two people working side by side towards the common goal. The attraction is the common goal that they have. So what we find in our times today, because we, the generation that we are in now is driven by sensuality, sensuality and sensuality. You find that more often than not, people start up relationships you know, on, 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 the, on physical attraction. People start up relationships, you know, exploring their bodies and all of that. And uh, this is, I'm telling you, I've, I've experienced it, not personally, I've had um, cause to talk to a good person, to make a good person, give my counsel and all of that. Then, no sooner, then you suddenly realize that, wow, this person is not compatible, like I can't grow with this person. After you must have done all the exploration, all the exploration, and the rest. So it's important that there have, have to be friendship. Even the Bible says, let brotherly love continue. For me, I, I see that as friendship. I, I don't want us to, you know, be happy tended to want to provide a lot of things. Right? I, I don't want to go here. But friendship is key. Now, what was friendship that we do? The obvious also talked about it. Uh, I think it was um, the people mentioned that she met the husband in a natural, um, in, a, in his natural state. So there is no, you're not trying, you're not making effort to try to see this other person. You're not, you're not trying to be who you are not. Because for me, I have always said it, that the best gift you can give to love one is the freedom for them to be themselves. So, and this is one of the things that friendship will, will, you know, will help you achieve, right? It is in friendship that you get to know, you know a lot of stuff that you probably wouldn't have known about for that person, right? Now, that's on one hand. That's on one hand. Remember my definition of friendship, two people working side by side, this is part of it, this is part of it. Towards a common goal. So the attraction is not only themselves, but towards of you know that object which they have. And and this is not my definition, I'm not trying to be legalistic here. It does not mean the relationship will not be organic, it, it, it does not mean it will not be fluid, it does not mean there will not be laughs and banter and bands and all of that. No. But at the end of the day, it's too much to understand that this is what is bringing us together. Now, the second principle that I like to highlight in a particular order would be um, the principle of self-awareness. So, I see this happening a lot. The first thing as you enter a relationship, it's important that you get to know who you are. I mean, you get to understand yourself. You get to understand why you, you know, act the way you do. Because the truth is that by the time you start 
you go on this journey of self-exploration and try to understand yourself. You find out that there are too many things. You find you find too many unpleasantness about your person that you don't like. So many unpleasantness about you that you probably would not like. You wish you could just throw them on the way. And this cut across your 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 physique, your your body look, your skin color, whatever. If you don't take time to understand you and you go into relationships, you find out that these are the very things, these things that you chose to, 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 to find out about yourself will become your own doing. And I find out that the very things that we think are the problem with ourselves are what even the other person, whether people like about us. Right? Right? I'm in a relationship actually. In my present relationship, the very thing that we are an issue in the previous one, not like was a big deal, was an issue, are the very same things that in my present relationship my partner likes about me. And I'm like, oh wow, oh wow. So it is important we get to know project to know ourselves. Now, by the time you are getting to know yourself, you know, this um, self-exploration is going on. The next thing is this issue is the why question, the second question. But it's important I get before I look at the principle of questions that um, the question is not about who am I going to marry. The question will be who, are, who am I? By the time you have that same understanding of who you are as a person, it will help you navigate, it will help you, you know, be able to decide, okay, this is the kind of person that I need in my life to contribute to. Self-awareness process in the front corner. Then, of course, purpose. You need to understand, you need to have a sense of mission. You have to have a sense of mission. You need to understand that, come on, I'm not just in this world of five days or to ask to longer. All of these day-to-day things that we all know, you find out that in reality, okay, I tell myself this is not about what we know. We know a lot of things that actually do not reflect in our lives. So if so it means that we know a lot of things that we don't really understand them. So person is very important. I need to have a sense of direction, I need to have a sense of mission, what of the deal, what for the season. And this what we say will help you achieve. Three things, number one, it will make you original. You're not trying to, you're not trying to, you know, some people go into relationships and they are subdued in that relationship. They lost, they lose their identity. I'm not even going into marriage here because, yes, of course, I'm not married here. I mean, they go into relationships and can't find them anymore. You can't, you can't actually find them. They are lost. So, therefore, will help you, you'll be original. Two, you'll be unique. You know that you have something to bring you to the table. So that anytime this other guy or anybody is trying to play the game game, you will remind them of who you are and all of that. And then what status you also do is that it will bring mutual respect, which is very key to every relationship. Because you were um planning on the lucky two days, um we came to Nigeria shortly after then he was shot, he was at the point he was killed. He said something that um he believes that once there is respect, even if there is no love in a relationship, once there is respect, the relationship can thrive. The relationship can thrive. Now, 
it is possible that you bring this to challenge because I know I have my thing I am doing, you have the thing you are doing, and then we are coming together to make it a wholesome thing. What is respect? Because we keep talking about respect to all of the time. Respect is simply the recognition of value. So I am dating this person, I recognize that value, and so I make that thing different. You know, I, I do not try to do things alone. I, I seek out opinions, I seek out suggestions. I know the person where she is strong, she is better than, you know, than I and all of this stuff. And because I recognize that value in her, because she recognizes this value in me, there is this, and what happens is this, when there is this mutual respect, the next thing you get is a healthy contribution. Nobody tries to outcompete the other. Rather, because it's a relationship, you find out that um, people are complimenting each other and not condemning each other. There are so many other principles that are not analyzed. I think these are the three for me. First, the principle of friendship, um, self-awareness, you've got to know you. And then, secondly. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, um, we need to run because of our time, so please, thank you so, so much. Um, the next question is for our older couple, the Abrahams. Daddy, can you unmute your mic and turn on your camera, please? Daddy Abraham, can you unmute your mic and turn on your camera? Thank you, sir. Okay. Daddy, can you bring it down? Can you? All right. Nice to meet you. Good evening, sir. Good evening, ma. Nice to meet you both. Okay, your quest, your first question here is, um, your mic is still um, muted, Daddy. Unmute your mic. Okay. Okay, okay we can hear we can hear you now. Thank you, sir. So the, your first question is, what are the mistakes you see young couples make in the early years of their marriage, and how can they avoid or overcome it? The mistakes young couples make in the early years of their marriage, and how can they avoid it or overcome it? Okay. Some of the mistakes that uh, young couples make in marriage, I wouldn't call it a mistake because it's normal. It's normal. These are young couples coming from different backgrounds at the first place. So these mistakes are bound to be made. So I wouldn't call it mistakes, but for this uh, occasion, we're calling it mistakes. But it's normal. It's very, very that these things become. One of the things I, I noticed is because we have coins. Every coin has size. So in young couple, they don't really know that marriage has size. So when they come, they come with just with one perspective, with one idea. See, marriage is just sweet, 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 just like that. And when they come into marriage with that, by the time they come into marriage and they start experiencing the other aspect of it, 
No, if care is not taken, that is where they begin to have problems. So as young couples, they must know that marriage is not just a one-way thing, it's a two-way thing. So just as good expectations, they should also give room for the other side of it because these are two people coming together and uh, the institution might not be the way they assume it to be. So by the time they have the back of their mind, they will be able to understand this and give room whenever they see the aspect of it coming, they will be able to tolerate and understand and move on. Okay. Daddy, do you have anything to, anything to add to that? If you like she said, marriage is good. The school that you going to is different from where you are coming from. If that mindset of where you are coming from and that it's going to be like that all through, you're making a very big mistake. Because these are two people you have not met before. You have your own culture, you have your own character, and you want to blend it together. So if you, if, if you take them from only your own perspective that it has to be like this, then you are making a very big mistake. You know? Okay. Thank you. Okay. okay, thank you so much. Is that all? Uh, okay. Uh, like, a, like a, as we are saying, when you're going to marry, uh, you're going to a school. And my school of learning until you die, for you to learn, for you to experience. You need to blend because you are bringing somebody two two different characters that has a mindset about doing things. You are coming to blend it together. So certainly you must know that you are going to have so many differences which you have to manage to see that you blend together. And if you if you, if you think if you say that only your own must be right, then you are making a very good decision. The way you have looked at it before, and this is how Maybe this is how I want my, my settings to be in the house. And you come in and you see a different thing. No, I wouldn't want my things to be like this. Then you are making a very good But the ability to really blend together that, okay, this is the other side of me. And be able to blend it together, accept the one that you can accept, and adjust the one that you can adjust so that there will be peace you cannot make it. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate that acceptance, accommodation, flexibility, and adjustment. Thank you so much. Um, the next question would be for Daman. The next question would be for Daman. Please, Mike. Are you still here, Daman? Okay, um, Gabriel, I think you can take the next question. Can you mute your mic or mute your mic and turn on your camera, Mr. Gabriel? Thank you. Thank you. Okay, your second question is, what do men see that pushes them to approach a woman? What exactly do they go for? What exactly do men go for that pushes them to approach a lady? 
This pressure, I'm not one man, right? So, uh, I don't need to speak to an extent. Okay, fair. So, I, I, I used to say this, or I say this, that God helps a man who would not marry because he's looking for the perfect woman. God helps him still if he finds her. I'll tell you that again. God helps a man who would not marry because he's looking for the perfect woman. God helps that man still if he finds her. For the same this question is tricky. There is no perfect anybody anywhere. The only prayer is that we will find the right one. Right? However, I think there are certain things that we that can come as necessary in in choosing in choosing a person. And there are many there are many there are many things that can attract a man to a woman. Because we are in this kind of setting, in this kind of setting. There are many things. For some people, as soon as it may sound good and humble and all of these things, and I've had a lot of people to go and marry. I'm not telling you what I have not seen happen in within within my immediate environment. People have actually not been married, so guys don't marry because of because of because of bundles. Right? So there are several reasons. But for those who who really want to go the extra mile, those who want a lasting relationship, one of the things that the guy looks out for would be how the lady how intelligent is she about life? This has nothing to do with academic gradient. How intelligent is she? How is she able to conduct ourselves? How how does she respond to to life issues? These are one of the things most times guys are looking out for. Yeah, most times guys are looking out for. One other question that is in the heart of every, I believe, of every man, from my understanding of scripture and from the experience having come to people and let the two persons in this um, in this field, you know, by reading it, is that within as the of every man, a man is asking the question, will this one will this one do me good? Will this one you know this one so in other words, what's a heart what what's a heart texture? What's a heart texture like? Bible says that um the greatest man will do a lot and do not give us a life. It, it's something that is just lost up in every man's heart and it manifests in several ways. For the people who are not able to manage it, you see they now replace it with money. I think that it's about two thousand thirty. Um, there's this talk going around about Nigerian men that they have nothing to offer other than money. Other than money, that if you take away the money that they have, they actually have really nothing to offer. That, that, that may not be especially true, right? That may not be especially true. So a man is looking for the heart, looking at the heart of this baby. Can this money, how, what is the best of us? Is she kind? You know? A man is also looking for, is looking for how, how, how cautious, coffee. I said from understanding of spiritual and experience, I have seen people who got married just because of how cautious they are, just because of how 
they make a man feel important. And they are not trying to take it to. They are not doing themselves. They are not doing it so that the man will come and propose to them at the end of the day. If I give it, to give a particular example, that would be a good idea when Elias um, went out in Abraham's death. You know what those things that she did? She didn't know what was going on in the background. Now it went that great that the lady that would come out and would tell me to take water for myself and would also feed my camel. She was not being herself. She was not being the good girl that she was. She, you know, she was not being cautious. So, some people have, because of that singular remark, and if you're, if, if, if I am the kind of person who grew up in a family where there is no respect, there are rooms like that. They know who sends you. It's like the house like barracks. They don't make you feel important. They can, they can run you down when you're having, you know, small decorum in the house, and you're getting to leave the lady in a natural state who is just cautious, who shows you respect. And this is the first time in your life you would ever meet someone who's treating you with so much value. I tell you, I teach you not to marry that person. A good example is my pastor, that, this is one of the major stories. It was how the wife made her feel. I mean, the father was a police officer, all their lives they lived in the barracks. So you can imagine life, life in the barracks. And yet, this lady who was just being herself, just being nice, just being. Not because she had anything, that was what attracted my pastor to, to, to our wife. I can go on and on and on. So these are the things. Um, we also want to look at, and you know, the first point I mentioned is, I need to focus on that. How should we react to life? What are, when she does not have to do, how does she react? When things happen, what are emotional states like? What are emotional maturity in life? You know, it's, it's also very important. Another thing which I've mentioned earlier is about how we in another in another dimension. Self-awareness. I have found from the experience that sometimes ladies they don't realize how the home, all the negativity, mind you, no family is perfect. No family is perfect. No family has to run it off. But most times ladies don't realize how the negativity from their home reflects in her relationship with, with, with guys. So for instance, you have a home where the father is not bringing much or is not bringing much financially or used to do this much. But something happens and is unable to provide that much for the family. It's not incapacitated in some way. And because the mom doesn't want to handle such situations, you now find out that the mom makes it let the children know that look, I'm the one feeding your father, I'm the one feeding your You know, those kind of situations, this, this kind of scenarios. And a lot of times, ladies who are not self aware, they carry that thing, they just import that into their relationship. And that's when you find issues such as. Entitlement without coming in. Okay. Right? So you want to you want to look at these things. I have not talked about the issue of self-awareness under the topic how you said there's the shift about life. So I think I'll stop here. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Sorry for 
I'm cutting it short, but I'm just trying to make sure we summarize everything in time for extra questions in case um, there are people here who have extra questions for our speakers. So, um, Ms. Damaris, are you back? Yes, I'm back. Sorry. All right. All right. Um, your second question is, as a single lady, what actually inspires what should inspire your love for a man? What okay. should inspire your love for a man? Yeah. Okay. Um, what should? Um, I would say the most foundational thing, which I think sometimes we ignore. As I said before, it's really, really important to see somebody or to find somebody that loves God, that genuinely loves God. So it's beyond a churchgoer. It's beyond somebody that, you know, quotes one or two scriptures here or there. But somebody that you can attest by their words, by their actions, by their composure, that this person follows Christ. I think it's very, it's just like fun. It's a basis so for everything. Because at the end of the day, the person can only love you as much as he has received love from God. You can't do more than that. Right? Yeah. So I think that is just basic and foundational. Um, and it will set the tone for every other thing and how um, things go. Um, the, the word inspire love, <laughs> I think sometimes love just comes... <clears throat> just comes like that. It all hits you like that sometimes. You don't really choose. But then when those emotions come, I think the filter of trying to know if this person really is of God would help you um, arrange your feelings and know how you're going to navigate that whole section of life. Then if, you're, if we want to talk in terms of um, character traits now, I think Majorly, I already mentioned before that I work with principles of okay, yes, love the person, the person is a follower of Christ, and also the person is responsible. But in terms of um, practical character, I would say somebody that, um, I'll just somebody yeah. into like somebody that is mature and somebody that can lead, somebody that shows maturity and somebody that shows leadership. So, maturity is like all encompassing in in words and actions in in responding to situations around him you know how does he respond to hard times how does he respond when he doesn't have money how does he respond when you don't always say the right things how does he respond to conflict how does he handle the basic things of life um is there maturity to is that an element of um, wisdom in his actions then the second one leadership because in marriage as i said i i really I'm not for the new, like, modern feminism kind of movements that they want to make women on the same, you know, this thing with men and say, we are both heads of the home. I don't believe, I don't buy into that. So I understand the structure of the home, and I believe that a man that can show leadership is somebody that you should follow. So how, how, how much of his own life does he lead? How well-led? How self-led is he, first of all? Um, that would determine how, how much of... Yeah, you know how I can really follow in that is a visionary person that sets goals, that has an agenda, that has plans, you know, has goals for his life. And stuff like that. So yeah, basically, I think that's what can inspire love. Even in a case where you just you don't really have emotional feelings for the person, but just noting this trait is something that you can still go for. The love will come <laughs> with time. <laughs> so you don't consider that pocket at all. 
<laughs> my daddy pockets is there, but um, personally, I'm not really materialistic. I, I, I've always been very independent. I, I hardly ask anybody for it. So it's not really on the front, front burner for me, but I've come to understand because I know it's a balance because sometimes you feel like ah, money does not matter and then people say ah, okay money does not matter then they just leave you like that and then you spend and spend and spend on them and but it's a balance you should also be ready to give and ready to support like there's no point i think part of what um Gabriel was saying about, about um being having that readiness you understand to go into a particular you don't just you should be able to have the means relationship is not cheap not not that it's, you are going to spend all your money but you must be ready to give and if you don't have the resources to do so even if it's in a little bit i think you can just hold on because it's not to be quite frustrated on both parts yeah but for me it's not like a major major thing like those other things are more on my radar. true sure. Thank you so much, Damari. Okay, Daddy, Daddy and Mommy Abraham, the next question is for you. You can unmute your mic on your camera. Thank you, thank you. Okay, um, the question is about third parties in marital relationships. So the first part of the question, the first arm of the question says, is it right to open up with someone about a problem you're having in your marriage if need be? Is it right to open up to a third party if need be? The question again, it's not clear. Yes. Uh, it depends on the situation at hand. Actually, third party is not so good. But depend on the situation. It's not everything you bring it third party. Third party one is not a go-go area. But the uh, situation can bring about that because there are times certain things you want to do, certain decisions or certain things you want to do. You have to think very well before you do them. And you don't just bring in third party like that. Before you think of bringing a third party, that person has to be a trustworthy person, a somebody that has lived an exemplary life, which you know is coming in. Somebody you respect. Somebody you know is coming in will not bring confusion into your marriage. And it means that you have to apply wisdom as well. You have to apply big wisdom. If not, it's not this. Uh, before you bring it up, you must be mature before you bring it up. Party. Mm -hmm. But for young people, I wouldn't say third party is right. Because in most cases, there are still situations where by third party come in and they bring confusion, they even cause uh, marriage, they break up. But that is not the thing that I'm saying. But if there are situations you know you cannot handle, where by third party have to come in, maybe you bring in your pastor or so, but it has to be somewhere that is trustworthy. Okay, okay, thank you so much. So, um, who and who should you actually open up to? Are there certain persons in your life that you believe you should open up to? Okay, 
who and who should you open up to? That also depends because uh, it depends on you, the individual. Because you know people around you. If I say, okay, open up to your parents, not all parents that you can take as people you can rely on, you see, but some parents can do. So you will know the people you can rely on because of the interaction you must have gotten with them. So you can have some elderly women. Even the Bible, in the book of Esther, Stephen said that we should teach women, that they should teach the younger ones because they have experience. So the people you are meeting should be people that have this experience that you know they will teach you valuable things. I, for one, for like we said before, marriage is not all that rosy. So there are times where you are facing some situation and maybe as a young girl, you'll be thinking of something to do. So I myself, I have to say that I have, have confided in them. And I am thankful to God that these people advised me. Yeah? There are other people that can hold the marriage and I have them around me. When I'm pressed to the world, I need them. At times, I may not meet them openly or the problem. There's a way I meet them with wisdom. And when they advise me, I take the advice and it has worked for me. So I wouldn't say all my 30 years of marriage, it has been me alone. At times, when I'm pressed, I seek counsel. I seek counsel for one of my elder sisters. to say, mother, so good to me. So these are the So it depends on you. Before you seek counsel, you must know. I cannot just tell you now that, okay, meet your mother or meet your pastor's wife or meet this because I wouldn't know who your pastor's wife is. I wouldn't know who that your friend is. So it depends on the person you are meeting. That is what I will advise. Okay. Thank you, Ma. Thank you, Ma. And the first part of the question says, how much is too much to tell? Should you give details? Like, how much should you give details to be given out? Is every detail challenge Okay, it's not everything. Not everything. Why? <laughs> I do my own thing. It's not everything. Because at times, you know, when you are giving information, the way you say it will not be with it, the way the other person might interpret it. Just like what I said before earlier, everything has its wisdom. The wisdom of put this question, the wisdom you put the things, the things you, you, you want to know matters a lot. Wisdom matters. But putting everything, the whole detail, no. You know what you want. That thing that you want, you just go clear to that thing. So far, you get the idea or you get the point you want to get from that person. But me, I don't uh, go for details because I've known that all through that I've been seeking, cancel, maybe if I need some advice, I don't go in detail. And at the moment I say it, when I've gotten what I need, I hold that and I leave because I know this thing is, is me and my partner. <laughs> it's not to be honest. So you don't go in detail. Okay. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think Mike, if you want to say something, 
Okay, okay. Um, for me personally, this is um, something very interesting. My husband for I'm talking to both the singles and then um, those that are equally married. As, as I, before we jump sat down and we told that there will really be issues that would come up that we do not have about. In case that there is that thing that you know something that is so it's in case there is it left it as an open in case there is that anything that opens that comes up between the two of us that comes like we are not able to reconcile it between us privately. We agreed on who our family pastor is. We agreed that this person is our family pastor. And immediately after our wedding, we took an honor to him to make him understand that this is who he is to us. He is our family pastor. So not just our family, but we also determined who our family doctor would be. And we are still trying to agree on who the family lawyer would be. You, you understand? But we, um, we agree that whenever there is an issue that shows up that um, we that need a third party, in case there is, in case there is, that this is a person we are going to submit to. The both of us agree we are going to be submitting, submitting to this particular person. And by the special grace of God, I'll be two years, we will be three years in marriage next two, uh, next two months, and no such issue has happened. We, yes, we have disagreed one or two times, and then we sit down, pray about it, and then talk about it. And God helps us to always come to a very good, um, a very good conclusion. Then apart from that, I would advise a mentor. It helps a great deal. I would advise everyone gets a mentor. Sometimes in my, uh, in my time with my mentor, sitting down to just have conversations with her, God uses her to answer some questions I have in my head about issues going on in my house. Sometimes I don't just go expressly to ask her, ma, see, 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 see. no, I, don't, I really do that. Just in conversing, God uses her to Okay, thank you, thank you. You love that concept of a family pastor, thank you. Um, God uses my mentor to answer my questions, you get. And sometimes when I'm, I'm feeling anything, I just, you know, I don't, I, I've been married and I can tell you there are some disagreements that will leave you ask, having lots of questions in your mind. You're like, what is wrong with this person? Why is he not understanding me again? And all that and all that. And I run back to her. Thank God, mommy mentioned experience. Experience matters. My mentor is 15 years in marriage right now, and she'll sit me down and tell me, though this is like this, this is this does not mean your husband is a bad person. Um, approach this issue like this, approach that issue like this, speak to him like this, watch how you do this, watch how you do that. She prays with me, and I go back and I practice what she has taught me, and it works. And right now, it helps me. I don't go discussing my marital issues with everybody. I just feel safe with my mentor because I know her, that she will never mislead me. So please, please and please and please, everybody should get a mentor. If you're a man, please get a mentor. If you're a woman, please get a mentor. It will really, really, really help you. 
not just in, in dealing with marital issues, but also um, would help you, someone you can talk to even while making the choice of a life partner because someone here mentioned that love is blind. Okay, Damaris mentioned that love is blind. These people will help you open your eyes to the things you're not seeing in the course of making that decision. So God bless you, mommy. God bless you big time. I really, really do appreciate that answer. So um, to Ms. Damaris, yes, you have a bonus question, your surprise question right now, and that will be okay. your last word. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for tonight, yes. And the question is, what are the romantic boundaries that should exist in a courtship? And how should they be agreed on and enforced? Thank you. This is really a bonus, a bonus question, I see. Boundaries. Okay. First of all, I think boundaries um, should be mutual. It should not. It should be something that both parties understand and make together. Um, not that somebody feels forced or just like I beg. I don't believe in this thing, but chat because of you. I think both of you should sit down and come up with this thing together. And it, I think that's a case of communication as well. Sometimes we enter relationships and you expect that this person should know that. You should not be in. I should not come and sleep over at your house. But some people don't have that orientation. You understand? Yeah. If on where they are coming from and their own experience in life and all that. So I say the first thing is don't assume boundaries. Don't assume that because um this person is a Christian, the person would have this particular. But it's something that we should talk about so that you don't um end up, you know, in a physical situation. So for me any kind of contact or any kind of um, um, situation that will sponsor, <laughs> sponsor temptation is out of it for me. Um, if, I, if I could be more direct, I would say physical intimacy is reserved or is, is limited to like at most a kiss on the forehead or the cheeks. I think that that's like the highest for me. Then in terms of um, dressing, dressing is always um, like dress modestly. At, there should be no point where maybe you're on a video call or something and then the other person is shirtless or you are dressed inappropriately. You just, you just think it doesn't matter. Well. For me, um, things like that, like modest dressing at every time that you get to meet your partner is important. Then uh, in, I will say in conversation well, in terms of how you talk. I I've, I went to some there were some Instagram posts by a relationship I expert in quotes that was saying, you know, Christian singles are shying away from talking about sex during their relationship. That you should not why 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 is there so much taboo around it and everything and she was more or less like Talk about it now. If I talk, if you won't talk about it often. But I am not a. I don't believe in that. I believe the the more you just sit down and be talking about things like that, you are you are not really helping yourself. You can yeah. talk about it in maybe marriage counseling session, right? Where you are being um 
they have been advised and counseled and all that. But now that I just sit down and say, okay, this is my sexual preference. This is my fantasy. Like, what are you trying to do? It's not helping your life. So, and it's not help your the decision that you made to maintain boundaries, right? So, I would say generally in terms of speech, in terms of dressing, and also in terms of physical contact, it should all be modest, like all the way. That's just what I did. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what guided my husband and I while we are cutting is, you see that thing you will not do. If Jesus, you're seeing Jesus sitting there with you people. Don't do it. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus conscious. Your conversation, your reaction, in everything. Don't shout be Jesus conscious. With that, as Christians, you're good to go. Thank you so much. And um, that's the answer. So, Mr. Gabriel, your bonus question is here. Thank you. Mr. Gabriel, can you unmute your mic? And, um, camera. Okay, sir. Um, your bonus question says, for a young Christian man in a relationship, how much is too much when it comes to taking responsibility for your woman? For a young Christian man in a relationship, how much is too much when it comes to taking responsibility for your woman? Wow. Thank you very much. It's a bonus question. Let me read down the bonus question, right? You're far away. Can you hear me? Okay, you can be louder. Thank you. How about now? Better, better. Okay, uh, how much is too much in taking responsibility? I, I think that in itself is vague and subject to multiple interpretations. But I want to think you mean financial responsibility. Is that correct? Yes, yes, financial responsibility, that's right. Aha. First, we have to distinguish two, two things here. Um, between someone who is ordinarily stingy, right, and the other one, which is what you just mentioned, taking financial <laughs> taking financial responsibility. There is an extent to which you should do, or one can do, the male, the, the man should do. It's not even a Christian thing. I mean, the humanity thing, right? There's an essence of which you should go and you should do for your to-be wife or your, uh, your partner. So first, there should, we should establish that command you have to love involves giver. Natural, so you should be a giver. So that one, there is no, there is no expense to it. And giving, in this sense now, spans beyond finance. Right? Some people are stingy with compliments. Jesus, I hope you know that. When the relationship comes, almost even to like your Facebook post, you know, the general public is a problem. Some people, some ladies are stingy. I speak from experience I do not like. I know it that they tell you, Jesus. Some ladies are stingy with compliments. Like, I do heaven is going to fall down. 
I understand that they did some other inner working at the background. You know, I thought about them at home the other time. It may be that in our home, there's nothing like that. There's nothing like a lot of in the home, or there's nothing like when you do something good, you are being rewarded with good words or in kind. But even at that, so the, the giving it should not be an issue. But when it comes to taking financial responsibility, ah, um, you have to take a responsibility because you are not yet married to this person. But of course, there are situations, depending on the situation and the circumstances, where you know you now need to come out, you now need to, that is where the sacrificial dimension of love now comes to play. Probably, uh, it's such that she has uh, looked left and right, and she's not able to make up her cookie, for example, if she's cooling, and you know you have the way without to be able to augment and support. Why not even you know, go ahead? Uh, I think it was, uh, he said if you can afford it, good and fine, if you cannot afford it, pray. If you can afford it, pray. If you cannot afford it, pray. Right? So I believe I've answered the question by first of all distinguishing between these two things. That I may give but the woman I should not carry all your own problems on my head because yeah. I am with you or because I'm in the relationship with you. However, there are certain circumstances that will arise that I go all out. And it's fine, it's acceptable. We know that those are the exceptions, it's not an everyday thing where you have to do this. If you don't do this, you start complaining and you start like, come on, start something you held in the first place. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Um, please, our ladies. Our ladies, um, the fact that a man is asking you out does not mean he takes total responsibility for you, that he becomes your breadwinner. He's not your father. Thank you very much. You want to make her your calling brother. You want to buy shoes, you're calling him. If he's not giving, he's stingy and that does not make him, and that does not make him eligible. That's the best. and it's really creeping into the church of Christ and that's super wrong. Okay, if he is willing to thank him, God bless him. If he supports, appreciates him, but your father, your family is hundred percent responsible for you. If his own is to support, I, I met my husband when I was about entering second year, till my final year, he doesn't know how much I was using to make my hair. It was, the final year was like, before it could not be that I'm irresponsible, madam, take, I'm going to make your hair. <laughs> we had a good laugh that day, but that did not leave him, I was not asking, but I respect the fact that he was thoughtful. He would come to my house and look around. I had three roommates back then, so it was safe for him to come around. He would come to my house and look around and then listen to our conversation. One day we had a choir concert. I was like, hey, that this one choir is asking for a new white shirt. That all my old, my, my white shirts are old. I've worn them for over a year. That, wow, I don't know how I can cope. He just heard that. He did not say, he did not ask that. He did not say what's that complaint. The next day I was about dressing for school. His friend knocked and gave me a parcel and ran away. Not knowing that Olga left my house, went straight to the market. 
bought a shirt that he, a white shirt that he knew would fit me and brought it to the house. And I was really grateful. Did I ask him for it? No, he was just thoughtful. He would see my school shoe and weigh how old this all would be, whether it needs a change or not. But I was not asking him. So that, that was one of the things that endeared him to me, that even though I, was, I restricted myself from making my needs his problem, he was just thoughtful. So um, it's important to create that boundary on time. Thank you so much, Mr. Gabriel. I really, really appreciate that answer. So, um, Daria Mommy Abraham, your very last question is here, and that would be a wrap for the question session before we ask the audience for their questions. Um, Daria Mommy Abraham, you can unmute your mic. Yes, thank you so much. Um, your bonus question says, are there boundaries lost in a marital relationship? Are there boundaries to love, expressions of love in a marital relationship? Uh, yes, uh, there are boundaries. No, 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 you are talking about expression now. Uh, expression, it, it depends on uh, the aspects that you are asking from. You know, boundaries are just lines to show your limits to certain things. It's just to protect your marriage and protect the relationship. So if there, are, if, there, if there are no boundaries, there is an abuse. That is one thing. So there should be boundaries. It depends. But if for expression, like, like, the, like the first speaker uh, spoke, that means Jonathan, or the one they were talking about, how they express their, their love in public, or they were telling you that, no, there are certain things you don't do in the public. Those ones are boundaries to them. They are not comfortable with them. So I put them, I like it, too, even though they are Christians, but to us, we've not done so soon. So we cannot kiss in the public. We can do that in the private. That one is their own boundary to that aspect. You know, okay, we can hold our hands, but we cannot hug. That is their own boundary. So it depends on individuals. There should be some boundaries, but that depends on both parties, on their own agreement. Once we suit, the other person might not suit you. That is it. Then the other aspect that boundaries can come in again, because if there are no boundaries, I said before, there will be abuse. All right, maybe the way and manner you talk to yourself. You know, if at all there are no boundaries, you can see that maybe the husband can talk to the wife anyhow in the public, and the wife as well can also talk to the husband anyhow without that respect. So, but if there are boundaries, you know that no, I cannot talk to my husband like this in the public, and the husband will also know that I cannot talk to my wife like this in the, pre in, in, the, in the public, and even in the presence of the children, too. So these ones are the sort of boundaries we have to set just to protect our marriage and to protect the image of the man and the woman. Hello? Thank you so much. Does Daddy have anything to add? No, Daddy is not here. Daddy has gone for another assignment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much, man. But does that mean, um, in a mental relationship, um, with regards to the boundaries, can you keep secret from your spouse? Is it right to have personal things away from your spouse? Keep secret, like um, hide some information, like hide um, money. And all that, no, it's not right. 
into high things because <laughs> by the time you do it, you can still come out open. And by the time it comes out, that will lose, that will make the love even to die down. The man will not have trust on the wife any longer, nor the wife have that trust on the husband. So as much as possible, at least it's good to be very, very open to each other. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Um, someone asked a question about how do okay how do I learn commitment in in relationship? How do how does she? I think it's a she that sent in the question. How does she learn commitment in relationship? It, I think she's attracted to every tall, fine guy that comes her way. I can't understand the question very well. Will, will you please come back again? How would she learn commitment to like to be committed to uh, that person that comes away because is that she is that feeling um, attracted to every fine handsome person that comes away? Okay, maybe because of the the handsomeness, that is how she will be committed to the person. Is that what she's trying to say? Or is that what the question is referring to? Um, she's feeling confused, I believe, about how to be committed to for the right reason. You get she sees herself being attracted to because he's fine, he can his and all that. So how does she take her priorities right and be committed? To someone. So when uh, others were speaking, I think she should be listening. They talked about prayer. I think prayer is the, is the most important thing. And also, she has to know what she really wants. Know what she wants. Because I can remember one of the speakers was saying that it's not all about uh, beauty and all those things. The other lady was even talking about one's commitment to God for the fear of God, the love for God first. He said, even if she does not even see the physical love, it's not there. She can even be led because she knows that with time that will come up. So all of that things, uh, like uh, Solomon said, like, like are things that have vanished that can just go away. But I think she will pray and possibly God can lead her, not to be led by those things, by height or all those things. I don't think those things will come up first. If I can get the question right. Okay. Um. Answering that question, I would say commitment is a big word. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Somebody wants to say something. Okay. Sorry to cut you. I have a contribution. So I don't know if you'd like to go first before I make my contribution. Okay. Let me, let me just conclude what I was saying. I was saying commitment is a very huge word. Okay. Before considering it, I would. Recommend you become self-aware first. And Mr. Gabriel actually pointed us out twice. Self-awareness, self-awareness. Please find out who you are, where you are heading in life, what is your purpose, and all that. Become self-aware. Know you first. And as people are coming your way, you will no longer be um, distracted by physical qualities, material qualities and all. You're not looking at you, like 
you you know you and you know who God has called you to be, you know what God has called you to do, and that will serve as a blueprint in choosing you are going to be committed. And I had a motto when I was single. My mind my my mindset is if you're not good for marriage, you're not good for dating. So to me, if you're saying hello to me, I'm asking myself, can I marry this person? I'm not joking, I will pray for I know from everything that is coming around, no matter how rich you are, I found out very rich guys proposals. Physically, almost the guy is, the guy is, is. But I said no because he was telling you somewhere else that I wasn't going to. Because if I wasn't self-aware, I would have fallen to him. He was a child of God. He was sick. He was deficient. He was cancer. He was macho. He was, he was just just all down. I was already self-aware. I knew my purpose. I knew where I was heading to. And I, I, I prayed about it. And I had the conviction that it wasn't for me. This wasn't the right person for me. Question. Um, Mrs. Gladys, please can you mute your mic? Can you please mute? Thank you. So, Chisholm, you've answered it. I, that was the answer I wanted to give in self awareness. So, let's just carry continue. Okay, someone dropped a comment. I wasn't able to catch it um, as well. No problem. Okay, that was the very last question. Um, do we have any other questions from the audience? If you have a question, you can unmute your mic and ask, please. If you have a question, you can unmute your mic and ask. The floor is open right now. We just have a few minutes for that before we round up the session. I have a question. Okay, our speaker is asking a question. <laughs> okay, um, I'll actually throw this to um, Mommy. What if you see somebody, right, that is like a boaz you are seeing from afar and um how do you create a scenario where the person and it's like the person is oblivious to um what you believe can be a very good relationship between both of you maybe your friends and all that but the person has not really how do you not as a woman in a way that is respectful and godly and is like aligning yourself without um, going outrightly to say, oh, I think we'll um, be together. Like, how do you position, strategically position yourself for a relationship with somebody that you think, by God's grace, can be a potential um, marriage Mommy Abraham, the question is for you, ma. Okay, I can hear you. First and foremost, you know, from the uh, way I was brought up, and most of us were brought up, we know that uh, women 
We don't approach men. We wait for the men to approach us. Yeah. So, but like to really say, happens. But because of the setting we came from, we cannot go and push. What do we do? I would suggest you to pray about it. And uh, if at all you are around the same environment, at least you always have yourself good. And if there is a place whereby, if at all there is a, a group whereby you who meet, you should be up and doing whatever you are doing. Because I believe in one thing. I always think of this aspect. So I say, if I saw God, even when David was to be ordained king, and he was out of time, you know, and God told this, go and anoint a king in the house of justice. But when he got there, he saw the sight of the people he saw. He said, ah, the king, this should be the king. God said, no. Till he finished with all the children, and he was surprised that the person is not there. But God, I sorted David, even in his, the, the, the father I not even remember that my son is somewhere. So I know that if God, actually if God's son is really in that issue, like I'm saying that I believe we can make it. If you pray about it, there's something that God cannot do. But I cannot subscribe and say, you go and approach the person. I don't know if it is right, but I cannot subscribe to that. Okay, I would ask that you position yourself strategically. Very important. If your guy is in church, please say that was one advice that a sister I know gave. She said her husband saw her in the place of service. And Uncle Boaz met Auntie Ruth while she was gaining, while she was working. So position yourself strategically. Don't go making advances. That is where most sisters go to make the mistake. Go to start flaunting yourself around the brother. Go visiting when uninvited. Go calling him and sharing grandma with him. Make him understand that you're spiritually inclined. Go cooking for him. Who send you? Nothing. Just position yourself. Make yourself visible. Make yourself visible, and then wear your best act. Wear your best act. You're a good person. Always be good. Always be courteous. Always um show good manners and all that. And pray about it as well. Trust me. If he is the one, he will definitely look your way. Thank you. So any other questions, please? Um, we'll take this one and we'll call it a day here. Any other question from any other person? Any other question from any other person? Yes, um, good evening. I have a question. Okay, good evening. So um, um, I know a couple churches and ministries that don't believe in broken engagement but my question is is it okay for christians who have come together they've um, been together under the watchful eye of the church and their parents and everything for some reason they find that it's not 
they can't align, even though they've done an engagement in church and everything, is this okay to break that engagement? I'll give you a scenario that happened in my church as um, an instance. Pastor was about to preach and say, people are getting married this year, and if you're a brother here, you know a sister you like, you've been eyeing her since, you can walk up to the sister now and go and tell the sister that you like her. And our guy inquired, stood up, we thought he was just trying to play around. Every eye in church followed him. He went to Antiochia and was like, Auntie, I love you. I've been liking you too. Please, will you marry me? Auntie shied and laughed and smiled and said yes on the spot. They brought them out. People started making donations for their wedding. Someone offered wedding gown, other person offered food. Someone offered 500,000 to support their wedding on the spot. It was an amazing service that day. And congratulations were just raining up and down. They even went for premarital. But as I'm talking to you now, we are no longer together because of irreconcilable differences. And trust me, it's a broken engagement is better than a broken marriage. I'll say that. If, if you, as you're praying, as you're relating with this person, please keep your eye open. Keep your eye open. And keep your ears open to the Holy Spirit. Yes. Keep your ears open to the Holy Spirit and keep your eyes open. There are things you would see that you won't like. Please go back to him. Why I said keep your ears open to the Holy Spirit is that he knows everybody more than you know that. And there are aspects of this person's life that they might not open up to you in the, in the course of courtship that marriage will definitely be. Because marriage reveals a whole lot of things you get. So it's better, despite the church doctrines, despite the, um, um, the doctrinal differences, please, if it's not working, what the, where the issue would come up as long as I'm concerned is how the breakup happened. These people sat down, talked about their differences, and knew it was irreconcilable. Oga was shaking head and he was shaking head, and they told themselves, if we entered this marriage like this, it will be chaos all the way. They officially went to the pastor. Pastor tried his best to talk them into understanding each other, but it was obviously they are not on the same plane. And already the guy's father was 100% against the relationship, and he's a pastor. So officially, the girl said, Sir, please, let's, let's not waste time. And I'm, I'm quitting. Oga said he's quitting. And pastor came, it's just that like he did not now announce it in, in, in another open church service. He announced it in the course of pastors and workers meeting that these two persons in church, their relationship are officially over. And that was it. They are still in church today. They are still best of friends. You get like, and that's where not staining your garment in the course of courtship comes up because they did not mess up. So they still see themselves today, laugh about whatever. One of the days I was yabbing the guy, I was like, go and marry. I don't talk to single guys because he was always yabbing me about my marriage. And also I was like, in fact, right now I deal with only married people. So because of that, he now walked up to the same sister that he had a broken engagement with. I was like, don't be married, we'll marry like this. Come and tell me the system that we are married. And we all laughed about it. And I respect the fact that they are still holding on to their friendship, even though their engagement is broken. So. That you, that you have a broken engagement does not mean the world is over for the two of you. You can still maintain a very beautiful relationship and friendship 
and continue with your life. But please, please, and please, it's better to break up. I had a friend of mine right now that her marriage is broken because she ignored the signs. The guy was hitting her before they stepped into marriage and she was believing he was going to change. Imagine if I had, the guy gave her a big blow that landed her in the hospital the few weeks before their wedding and she still went on with her wedding. Right now, they are no longer together. Would it not have been better, she said, to your thankful Israel before going to the altar because officially now she's a divorcee. So no matter what, just courtship is, is not marriage. Courtship is no marriage. The fact that I said yes to a proposal from you does not mean um, we are already married. So it's better to break an engagement than break a marriage. So it's not bad to break an engagement. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really want to appreciate Okay. Thank you very much. Um, like, you, like you said, it's, it's not bad. It's not a bad thing. So let's not start it it's, um, a negative thing. Um, a relationship becomes very serious at the stage of courtship. You know, it becomes very serious. And I, I want to talk for, for, for we guys. When, once you find it difficult to show respect with the person you're in courtship with, um, it's, a clear, it's a clear indication that that, 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 that relationship is probably not, you guys are not meant for each other. And um, it's a sign that you might have problems in the marriage. If in courtship, I'm not talking about dating now, courtship, you're finding it very difficult, difficult to respect this other person. So, yeah, um, I, I just, um, yeah, the question has been answered, but these are some of the, I just want to give this other shade to you. So, it is in that, it's in that courtship that you will now be able to determine, does this person, this partner of mine, does this kind of, kind of behavior that I like or that I complement you? Or, even if it is not to that extent, is this something that I'm, I'm able to manage or put up with? It's in courtship, and like you said, at that point, if you ignore such, that kind of data, the most times, uh, like I like to put it, we, we are mostly, or we tend to be driven by emotional intelligence, by emotions, rather than data analysis. These things are presenting themselves before you, and you're trying to ignore them. It doesn't matter. You'll change, you'll change, and then you walk into the marriage, and, you know, the whole thing happens. So it's at that point of caution to be able to determine that uh, with this kind of character, we need to take it, will I be able to manage to talk or go on, go on with this kind of character, this kind of person. Otherwise, it's, it's not a bad thing if you put, call it a quiz at that point. If you find that, especially if you find that respect, especially it's not being said anymore. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you so, so much. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you to every single one of you who stayed through. Um, God bless you. I really appreciated moderating this session. So I appreciate uh, Fome and Fome Praise community for the honor given to me to um, moderate. So God bless you all for being a very good speaker. I really enjoyed um, the session with you. God bless you. So this is me officially signing out and handing over to the convener of Fome Praise. Thank you so much. Thank you very, very much, Chisom. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really enjoyed myself. I enjoyed, I, I seriously enjoyed myself. At the point when Damaris was speaking, it felt like I should just go and hug her. I, I think they should 
they should make provision for virtual org where we can give orgs virtually. Especially <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that part of sense of responsibility and head out. I, I was like, God, how can I org this girl? I want to give her a hug. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed this session and Gabriel as usual too. He came with the principles of friendship, principles of self-awareness, principle of purpose that was just mind-blowing. God bless you. And my mom and dad, they were also spot on with their own contributions. God bless you. And your says they've left us, but I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed their own part. So everybody really did well and I'm so grateful. And as always, Chisom, you just need to take this um, hosting job professionally. Although for former friends, we didn't for free, but for others. I'm not afraid of the So you really did well. Thank you so much, everyone, for staying till now. Marcella, I mean, Master Boy Manuela, I see you, aka Marcella. Thank you so much for staying. Gracious, thank you, Romeo. Thank you, John. Thank you, Amokaro. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. I, I wish we can do this every month, but it's not possible. So I'm so inviting. I don't know. Let's just wait. Next year, we are doing this again next year. We are doing this again next year. Thank you so, so much. It's my prayer that the Lord would grant every one of us our heart desires. For you, Gabriel, you said you're in a relationship. It's my prayer that it will lead to marriage. And if it's the will of God, it leads to marriage and you would have a blissful home in Jesus' name. And for Damaris and others like myself that are single, God will connect us with our spouses in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I can see comments. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. I can see all the comments. Yeah. Um, Gladys is saying, thank you, Chisom. You did so well. Love so many of the inputs. Ethan Omokara is in a lot of light shed on this subject, but I learned a lot. Thanks to the convener, host, and speakers. Tamara is saying, God bless you all. This has been incredible. Thank you, everyone. I really do appreciate Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. From me and my team, we want to say a big thank you. So, thank God, this feels like family. Everybody knows Fome by the special grace of God. But some of us may not know what Fome praise is about. So Fome praise is an evangelical ministry that started in 2020 with the aim of helping believers get closer to God. You know, that period of the lockdown, a lot of people were depressed. We wanted to help people to have a relationship with God despite the lockdown. And God has been helping us since 2020 till now. We create devotionals, articles, books and everything. Our website is um, formerpraiseonline.com. You can check it out. We have a lot of edifying materials there. And we are, we also have a podcast. It's called Former Praise. It's on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts. Just, it, is in, it is on all podcast platforms. So it's a daily devotional. So on Monday, tomorrow, you can tune in to listen to our devotional for tomorrow. And we also have our social media pages at Former Praise Official. Do have to follow us on Facebook and on Instagram. Thank you so, so much. I would invite Romeo now, that is the Bible, um, the General Secretary. By the way, my team is here. Former, I'm not alone. Yes, I have a team. The General Secretary is um, Barrister Romeo. The Podcast Director is Barrister Gracious. And the Bible study coordinator is Engineer John. For the sake of time, I'm not going to tell them to unmute and say hello. So I'll just call um, Barrister Romeo to round off the session for us to say a closing prayer for us. Thank you so much. Romeo, over to you. Please close for us. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus
Hi, good evening, everybody. Uh, sorry, I cannot put on my my camera. My network is not so strong. If I do, I will not be able to communicate properly. But um, it's been such a wonderful time. I've learned a lot from everyone. Um, I just want us to seal all of all this in prayers. You know, now uh, we've heard so much. Um, some of us, we should not just be here as alone, but do us. But the strength to do this thing can only come from God. Thing with love is that love is a product of God. It only takes God to love. So for anybody to be able to express love, you need to have that God in you. So I'm going to be, uh, I just want to share a word of prayer with all of us. Um, Father, we thank you for this program. We thank you for opening our ears and our heart to receive from your servants. As the words that come unto us, let them be like the good seeds in the soil of the soil, in the parable of the soil. Let them find the roots in our hearts. Let them translate into realities in our lives. And give us the give us your wisdom in navigating the path and the journey of love. Help us to choose that right partner that will bring about your reality and your plans for us in the name of Jesus. We shall not just mm -hmm. be forgetful here, we shall not just be here as a room, but do us of your word as these words have come to us. Let it be life, let it be truth unto us, and give us the strength to own these words and to live with them in the name of Jesus. And as many of those that are struggling in relationships, that are struggling in marriages, and I give them your wisdom to navigate your institution. The institution of marriage was your own doing. Give them the knowledge, the wisdom, and the understanding to be able to navigate through in the name of Jesus. Thank mm -hmm. you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you once again, everybody. I wish us all a lovely week. Thank you. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.